1: Inside Access with Jason LaConfora
2: and Ken Wyman. Sponsored by Stevenson University Online. 1057 The Fan. new ravens linebacker roquan smith just got done meeting with the baltimore media we will play you some of that coming up next but joining us now a man who got to know roquan smith is a chicago bear and he was traded to the ravens on monday brad biggs covers the bears for the chicago tribune and he joins us now curtis of the ashley furniture guest hotline and Brad, good afternoon thank you so much for joining us as always so start with the simple what was your reaction to the trade
3: well, I, th- I thought uh I thought it was interesting for both teams, you know, number one, uh, the Ravens have uh probably not played up to expectations on defense this season, so they get a versatile guy uh in the middle there, kind of on a rental, right? He's coming yeah. out of contract and uh doesn't look like the franchise tag will be in play for him uh in Baltimore. And then the Bears um really guys, they made their best run. at, at it's roquan smith back in august trying to get an extension done for a guy who was a first round pick of the previous regime back in 2018 and and w- when they failed to uh, accomplish that i i think they shortly thereafter reached the conclusion that if their best effort wasn't good enough in august that it probably wasn't going to happen so for them to find a trade partner for him right before the deadline they end up doing uh much better than they would have uh, trying to play the compensatory pick mm-hmm. game, which is, as you know, if, if they're aggressive buyers in free agency moving forward, they're not going to end up getting yeah. anything uh, for losing Roquan Smith. So I think it was probably uh, really a best-case scenario for the Bears. And, uh, you know, if Roquan can pick up that scheme quickly, um, maybe be a, a definite win uh, for the Ravens as well.
0: I guess, what's your thumbnail on him? Biggest strengths, deficiencies? He's obviously a, a, a very good football player, but you've watched him. You know, you, you've you've seen every snap he's played. Um, where are the blemishes?
3: Well, I, I mean, if if you're going to give kind of a thumbnail a scouting report on him, the first thing I'd say is he's been uh, mostly durable throughout his career, which is important. Mm-hmm. Um, he's incredibly um, athletic. He's got great range, sideline to sideline, so he's going to be a factor against the run. He can help you out um, in pass coverage a little bit. He's gotten better and more nuanced when it comes to blitzing, okay, which Mm -hmm. they didn't do a ton with him here, but when they did, um, he usually got home. Now, it doesn't mean he got a sack every time, but he's got a feel for the timing kind of necessary to pull that off as a linebacker um, deficiencies. I i don't think he has the greatest instincts in the world, but when I say that you talk to scouts who say, yeah, you know, the, the instincts aren't at the top of the chart, but the athletic ability more right. than makes up for right. it, right? Like he, he can be a little late reading something and be on time to make the play because he can move uh, that well. So, with a better defensive line in front of him in Mm -hmm. Baltimore. He should look better than he looked here. Um, You know, the Ravens probably don't need him to lead the NFL in tackles. The Bears' defense uh, is is putrid, guys, (laughs) and it's worse without him. Yeah.
4: Well, Roquan wasn't the only Bears move. They traded away Robert Quinn. They acquired Chase Claypool. Did either of those moves surprise you?
3: Yeah, kind of a b- interesting you know, situation here. So you have got a new regime just starting out. They're they're you know trying to turn this roster over as quickly as possible. The Quinn deal, he he didn't figure in the future here. He's 33 years old. Um, he he guys he had one sack. I mean the Eagles yeah. traded for a guy that that had one sack. Um, so you totally understand that. The Claypool one's interesting because they paid a big price for that. In my opinion. Oh yeah. Um, you know, the the Bears give up their own second round pick to get Claypool. So the Bears will keep the two that they get from the Ravens and they give their own two. So you're talking about a, probably a top 40 pick yeah. for Chase Claypool, which is higher than he was drafted by Pittsburgh. I think he was 49th overall back in 2020. Um, Bears don't have a big body target like that. They can move a little bit. Uh, so... They're hoping he can come in and make some plays for Justin Fields as they try to develop not only the game, but the confidence of the second-year quarterback here.
0: Where, where are you sort of on, on Fields, right? It took them long enough to figure out sort of what, what they needed to lean into. Um, but I just wonder about the timing of all this, right? And I don't know that Claypool going to make that much of a difference. And soon we'll be at the end of two seasons – and these guys didn't draft him. I I, I just wonder about how all that plays out and the timing of some of this.
3: Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a great question, Jason, because Claypool, I, you know, he wasn't in a good quarterback situation in Pittsburgh this season and he's not coming to a good Mm -hmm. one here. You know, I hope he's cool with going, you know, three games in a row with a total of 10 (laughs) or 11 targets. Right. right? I mean, just you know, I mean, and and that's not being sarcastic right. these guys go through games and they have got like you know 21 22 pass attempts right it's um, fields has been better the last two weeks okay they they've combined for like 62 points uh, in the last two weeks uh, fields has completed north of 70% of his passes for a little more than 300 yards and then he's run for a buck 40 with a couple touchdowns. So they've started using more designed quarterback runs. I, I think they're encouraged by what they've seen from him recently. And they're hoping that there's more growth. You know, they get, these guys have played eight games. They got nine more to go. There's a lot of football uh, left to be played, but you know, some of the, some of the folks here are, you know, kind of out over their skis about the improvements that fields has made recently. And I, and, he has been better, you know, he's been more accurate. He's, um, he's been more decisive. They've been more productive in the red zone, but when you go to Dallas, you trail for the vast majority of the game by double digits. I mean, they got down 14, nothing immediately in that ball game. And they spent the entire, most of the game trailing by 10 or more points and they end up losing by 20. And you get on the plane and Your quarterback threw for 151 yards, like something done that up, right? Like, I, I, he was better, but when you lose by 20 and you're trailing the whole way, and your quarterback only throws for a buck 51, like something's askew, right? Yeah,
4: we're yeah, sp- we're speaking to Brad Biggs who covers the Bears for the Chicago Tribune, it's inside access on the fan. and – Brad, the the Bears have been a mess for the last decade. They they just have two winning seasons. They're in the midst of another rebuild here. You talked about Justin Fields, but what can they hang their hat on moving forward?
3: Well, they're running the hell out of the ball right yep. now, guys. Yep. I mean, they're number yep. one in the league in rushing offense. They're running the ball um, as well as they have since, like, that Mike Ditka heyday with, when they had Walter Payton and some, some really, really talented – Uh, offensive lineman and obviously a great defense so they've got uh, David Montgomery who's in the final year of his contract and then they've got Khalil Herbert who finished up his college career at Virginia Tech and he's in year two and those guys are kind of sharing the load and then obviously Fields is doing his thing running the football I think Justin's on pace for about 900 yards Mm -hmm. rushing this season which is obviously a a very high total uh, for a quarterback but they're having a ton of success running the football. So I, th- I think they kind of they, they hang their head on that right now. They are playing uh, pretty darn well on special teams. They've, they've been good at that. Uh, but, you know, the passing offense is what it is right now. The defense, they can't stop the run. They can't rush the quarterback, and they can't get off the field on third oh. down. So when you combine those three factors, uh, you're basically hosed. Yeah. Brad,
2: last thing for you, the, the Bears, after last season, got rid of a, a matted head coach and a Ryan at GM and replaced them with a matted head coach and a Ryan at GM. How are these Matt and Ryans looking in year one to you?
0: Uh, you know, it's
3: it's real early. The yeah. the uh, you know the, the coach, um, I think, has done a pretty good job with a young roster of getting buy-in, of getting the, the try-hard that you want to see, from young players, of getting their attention, right? They, they, they've been uh, detailed. Uh, they're, they've been pretty good in, in penalties. You know, you talk about a disciplined football team, what's one of the first things you look at? You look at the, the penalties, especially pre-snap penalties, but, but just being disciplined. So I've seen some real improvements, I think, there. Um, you've seen some young defensive players uh, step up and and look pretty good. I I, I get it. I, I rattled off where they are in the rankings. Yeah. they're bad on defense right now. But um, shoot, they traded Mac. They traded Quinn. They traded Roquan. They they've got. They're carrying eighty five million in dead cap space right now. So the GM Ryan Poles, you know, he, he I think he was transparent and honest with ownership. He said, if I'm going to take this job, we're going to completely reboot this thing like we're we're, i'm not going to sugarcoat what i see on your roster right now and and with the things that are attached to it like the salary cap draft picks uh all that kind of stuff so they uh they've asked i think some patience of ownership of the fans and and we'll see you know we will see what their acumen is like when they've got a full complement of draft picks and more than 100 million dollars in cap space this season how they go about kind of Restructuring this roster, and I I don't think it's going to happen overnight. There are fans here that do, but like you, you don't go from rock bottom to Buffalo, Kansas City uh, in one offseason. I think you're you're looking at probably three draft cycles at least, and some smart, uh, aggressive yet calculated moves in free agency to try to get rolling. And then you cross your fingers and you hope the quarterback can make. you know, real advancements.
0: One other thing, Bigsy, you're from the DMV. Crab cake platter, fries, coleslaw. Are you putting anything on that crab cake? Are you are you putting mustard on it? Are you putting just lemon on it? Are you putting cocktail on it? Are you putting anything on it?
3: You know, I could put hot sauce on just about anything. Wow. <laughs> I, I don't. You know, it's been forever since I've been back there. It's been forever. But how about my Nationals? They're, they're rebooting it. Oh, they're looking
0: good. Yeah, we'll Everywhere see you, you in look.
3: 2028. <laughs> hey, I got I got complete faith in my guy Mike Rizzo there. Uh, if, if they keep him around, he'll, he'll get that thing turned around a hell of a lot sooner than that.
2: <laughs> well, Brad Biggs, we appreciate your time. Thanks so much as Thanks, always. Thanks, buddy. Have a great day, guys. You too. Thanks. Inside access coming up next. Confidence in Mike Rizzo. That, that there's a there's yeah, well, when they get the, a
0: new owner, it uh, might be the end it.
2: Yeah. Uh coming up next, though, Roquan Smith just met with the media. We will hear from him. His first words is a Raven next here on the fan. Inside,
0: Inside. Access.
1: Are you team bar soap or team body wash? Oh,
0: that's
3: a good question. I just think the bar soap cleanses you better, yes. to be
1: honest with you. Yes. and Fora, Wineman,
2: and Barbalace. I've always liked body wash. 1057 The Fan.
5: Oh, man, it's a great group of guys, you know, got in um, yesterday. Guys have been very welcoming, so I'm excited to be here. I'm ready to roll. To Roquan Smith meeting with the media for
2: the first time and his first impressions of the Baltimore Ravens. He will wear eighteen because uh, Michael Pierce wears fifty-eight for the Ravens. Of course, he won't be seeing a Ravens uniform anytime soon, but alas, I, I guess you can't get him to give it up. I don't what do know. You mean? He's
0: he's a he. Michael Pierce fifty-eight. So <laughs> damn it, yeah, is he? Yeah, he I is. I'd say Michael Pierce nothing. Yeah, well, what is he sleeping in number fifty-eight jammies? No, I mean I'm being serious. I mean he's, he's done for the year and probably done forever. Well, I'm but, not trying to be crass, but I mean is he? When well, you can't reissue the number, the guy's I, on IR.
2: I I, I I guess you'd have to do it with his permission. It is his number. This this is probably a why would you not
4: grant it? This is probably a get off my lawn moment. I hate the new number roll. Eighteen for a linebacker. Stupid.
2: It looks weird. It's no, stupid. it is.
0: I don't like it either. But. And I'm not, I don't really care about, like, I'm not, I'm the least give a crap what number anybody wears, but, like, the idea that they couldn't just reissue this, like, well, Well, they'd have to... I think it's one of
2: those things where it is a human being, and he is technically under contract next year.
0: He's not wearing a uniform, uh,
2: but he's but he's a Raven, and he could be back next year. That's his
0: number, <laughs> Michael. That's next year, Roquan Smith's probably not back next year. We asked you about the trade, and then giving up a second round pick, and you said I don't care about next year. No, but it's now, now num- you care about his
2: number next year. He he said he was drafted 18th. He'll take 18. He was fine with it. Michael Pierce, Raven for life. <laughs> That's right, twice. What a, yeah. <laughs> two I mean, time. Michael <laughs> yeah. Pierce,
4: the rare two time Raven for life.
2: Well, I guess instead of dealing with Orlando Michael Pierce. might be back at some he, point. He, he just said, 8 I'll take 18, and we're fine with it. More from Roquan Smith. Do you think Hollywood will ever be back? I do not. Uh, was <laughs> he. T- well, but if you ask Lamar, he never knew there was any problem. <laughs> I,
4: if you're a two time Raven for life, he can't steal an number Yeah. Has there ever been a three-time Raven for life?
2: Mm, Bynes, right? Bynes? Well, Bynes is a three-timer, yes. Bynes is. a (laughs) three-timer because he was Super Bowl team, came back in 19, then left, came back back, again. Yes. Tony Jefferson was almost a three-timer. Yeah, it was a a two-and-a-half. He ended up on Winks' practice squad. Yeah, he's still there. Uh, Roquan, were you anticipating a trade?
5: Uh, Honestly, no. Um, You know, because, like I said, didn't plan to, but, you know, life happens at times, and, you know, Got traded, so initially I was shocked, but you know I'm excited to be here. Good group of guys, guys that's contending for a title, and that's what I'm in the game to play for, playing for a title. So I'm excited.
2: Well, he does go from three and five to five and three immediately, and that that's a nice change of pace, especially with talking to Brad Biggs.
0: I couldn't tell what the Bears do well other than running the ball. Like their the pass defense is pretty good. I think they've only given up like four he, he... passing touchdowns. Oh, They've, they've created more interceptions than they've allowed passing touchdowns. He, he was but not they allowed so, plenty of them yeah, on the ground.
2: Yeah, he was not positive about their defense. No, the Bears
0: are not a good football team.
2: Yeah, so he now goes to a team that that is leading their division, Super Bowl
0: contender. That's right. We said that in the open. It's been established. We'll probably reestablish it around
5: uh, five fifteen. Uh, uh, oh,
2: we will reestablish. All right. Hey, more from uh, Roquan Smith. Any thoughts on this Ravens defense?
5: Uh, I'm excited, man. A lot of a good group of guys. Got some veterans. Got a nice little blend of veteran, younger guys, and the guys are hungry and want to want to win. So I'm all about that, and I'm excited.
0: So hungry. Plays like a Raven. Sounds like a Raven. Yes, he does. Uh,
2: T Bone. He's he seems fired up. Yeah. The, why could? Why wouldn't you be? You're
4: going from a dumpster fire to the Bears to a team that is competing for a championship. And he brings up a good point where it is a nice blend on this defense. And you look at the defensive line where Calais is the old head. You got Matt Abike and Broderick Washington. Linebackers is actually... Pretty young now, Uh, but Josh Bynes on the outs. And then uh, the secondary, uh, Marcus Peters is the de facto old head and edge rusher, you got some old guys and then a Jabo and Owe and Bowser, so...
5: It is an interesting blend.
2: More from Roquan Smith. You're getting to team up with another with another first round pick at linebacker. Your thoughts on Patrick Queen?
5: Uh man, the guy's lightning. The guy plays plays good ball. He uh run and hit uh just like myself. So I'm excited uh for the duo. I think it's gonna be very special, especially once we get rolling.
2: He's lightning, Jay. It's lightning and lightning. Lightning and thunder. well, maybe they be lightning and thunder. Roquan brings the thunder. Patrick Queen's lightning didn't they have who were the I, running backs that were lightning and thunder was it uh, if somebody was it the, with the Chargers was it Michael Turner and Ladanian Tomlinson maybe. Were, were they lightning that, and thunder it
5: sounds maybe. That,
2: who
4: who coined i know for a fact Patrick Queen and Malik Harrison it was lightning and thunder no. someone i don't know if it was Queen or EDC what was it I mean, what was I'm that I'm was for, for
0: what for that rookie camp when was that yeah no it was the rookie year for the rookie for the yeah, rookie yeah. year or the rookie camp uh, like I, was that I, the first, like when they draft the kids and they have the rookie camp? Well, I will say this. Was it for that?
2: Malik Harrison is much more thunder than lightning. He's not. He's No, he, he, he's, yeah, he's thunder. Yeah, he's definitely not going to be lightning. No. Uh, Roquan Smith, what about being viewed as a key piece to guide a team to a playoff run?
5: Yeah man that means a lot and uh, I have a great deal of respect uh, for this organization the way they handle things so I'm excited and I know they're trying to uh, get over the hump and win, win the big game and so I feel like I can be one of the guys that can help with that so I'm excited to be able to give everything I got to make that happen.
2: How much of a big deal is it, Jason, when you're a guy, and obviously everybody knows he's a hell of a football player, and people talk about him all the time, but you go from a team where, yeah, maybe when you get to camp in the summer, you're thinking maybe we can be a playoff team, to now going to a team— They don't think they're going to be a playoff team. He won it out, well, and no, Robert but, Quinn won it out after I, they traded Khalil Mack. I'm just being hypothetical. Like you, Before the season starts, you're like, hopeful we can sneak into the playoffs, to going to a team that that expects to win a division and make a run.
0: Look, this is set up for him— on a personal level to potentially work out really well. I don't think the pot of gold is on the other side of the rainbow in Baltimore. I don't think that's going to work out that way. I think he's going to prove to be a rental, but I think we're going to see some Ravens games flexed into prime time down the stretch. Uh, I know the Ravens are going to be playing meaningful football games. There should be playoff games, maybe plural and that all puts him on a big stage and that's a chance to get people's attention and to, drive up your earning potential in a way that, you know, him playing the Lions in week 15 wasn't.
4: It's the best of both worlds. You're competing for a championship and you're competing to be the highest paid inside linebacker in football and the better team that you are, the bigger the stage that you're on. So if you're Oquan Smith, this is perfect.
2: We will hear more from Roquan Smith coming up later in the show. But coming up next, if you're a gambler, you're going to want to tune in. Tim Murray's got his best bets for you next here on The Fan.
1: Inside Access. Inside Access pushes the legal limit. High Rollers with Jason and Ken. 1057 The Fan.
2: It's a Wednesday, which means we head out to the Ashley Furniture guest hotline and get our best bets from our friend Tim Murray from VEASAN. And Tim, good afternoon. Thank you, as always, for joining us. We have another one of those games of the century, which we get about three times a year. Tennessee and Georgia this Saturday at 3.30. Do you have a lean on this one?
1: Yeah, it's going to be a phenomenal game. And, uh, you know, going back and forth, you look at the line. And it, it's it's begging you to take Tennessee, um, with Tennessee being as big of a favorite as they are against Georgia. Um, the line sitting around eight in this spot, and uh, some you know seven and a halfs out there. Uh, I saw David Purdom from ESPN tweet out today that I think like eighty percent of the bets at at some sports books are are on Tennessee here. Uh, I have not gotten to the window on this game yet and here's the reason why, and most normally I would be on Georgia here, Um, you know, I I do have my hesitations uh, about them offensively keeping up with Tennessee, Tennessee has proven guys that they are, uh, that they are elite offensively, and, uh, and now that they're, uh, getting fully healthy Tillman, uh, Cedric Tillman, their wide receiver, made his uh, return last week off a high ankle sprain against Kentucky. So a full week of practice there for him, which is uh, which is beneficial. The way I want to look at this game, though, guys, is kind of a, 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 an interesting way. So Hendon Hooker right now, the quarterback of Tennessee, mm-hmm. is the favorite to win the Heisman Trophy. He's, depending on where you look, even money, minus 110. Obviously, Heisman Trophy is not handed out until – mid-December. I think if you are a believer in Hendon Hooker, then bet Tennessee to win this game outright around plus 250 on the money line. And here's my kind of concept behind that. I truly believe in this day and age, guys, if Tennessee does not win on Saturday, and does not make it to the SEC Championship because those two pretty much go hand-in-hand. The winner of this game has the inside track to winning the SEC East and playing in the SEC Mm -hmm. Championship game. If Tennessee loses on Saturday, I think C.J. Stroud jumps back into the driver's seat. C.J. Stroud still has a game with Michigan, which millions of eyeballs are going to be on. And then if they win that game, which I think they will... I think he jumps back into winning the Heisman Trophy because the statistics are very comparable between the two. Uh, 29 and four touchdown to interception for CJ Stroud, 21 and one for Hendon Hooker. Hendon Hooker more of a threat with his legs, but we've seen Hendon Hooker more. He's had that moment against Alabama. So if you believe that Hendon Hooker and Tennessee are a team of destiny, so to speak, then bet them to win. Uh, this weekend, I think you get better odds. If you don't, if you believe George is going to win, which I do, then I would actually go bet C.J. Stroud to win the Heisman Trophy. And that's what actually I'm going to do today, uh, around 2-1, to one for C.J. Stroud to win the Heisman Trophy. Now, look. Nothing in life is guaranteed. Hendon Hooker could play awesome, and the Tennessee defense could let them down, and the voters could see that, and he could ultimately win the Heisman Trophy. But you got to remember this, guys. Going into the Ohio State-Michigan game last weekend, the weekend of Thanksgiving, C.J. Stroud was around minus 250 to win the Heisman Trophy. They lose that game. He doesn't play all that well. Bryce Young plays magically against Mm -hmm. Auburn, goes and wins the SEC Championship the following weekend. Bada-bing, bada-boom. Bryce Young is your Heisman Trophy winner. So, I think the way you look at this game is if you believe Georgia wins, C.J. Stroud might be worth a Heisman Trophy bet. If you believe Tennessee wins, don't bet Hendon Hooker to win the Heisman Trophy. Just bet Tennessee to uh, win this game outright at plus 250.
2: Just a reminder that the Tennessee-Georgia game will be on our sister station, uh, 1300 the bet, Saturday at 330.
1: Leave it to Gigi to ask all the glory
0: boy questions about the SEC and highs. Did Eastern Michigan Heisman get invocation? home for us
1: last week, JLC? Oh, that's all I'm asking, baby, because they did, I, baby. I yeah. Know they did.
0: Which is why I'm asking you. We got the Central Michigan Chippewas at Northern <laughs> Illinois. Chippewas catching six. We got Western Michigan Broncos catching five at Bowling Green. What are we doing here? Come on. Let's make some money. Maction.
1: Let's go. Maction, baby, it's back. Uh, I do have a little off-the-radar game for you on Saturday, but, uh, yeah, let's dive into it. Uh, I think the line is telling you uh, that Rocky Lombardi is going to play for Northern Illinois, so I would uh, I would lean the Huskies here at home in DeKalb. What What my worry is about laying points in Maction, because uh, we are in the midst, ladies and gentlemen, of, uh, I believe it's 27 consecutive days of football on our televisions, thanks wow. to Maction. Uh, because of Tuesdays and Wednesdays, the next day we do not have football, either pro or college on television is the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. So let's uh, soak it in right now. Maction is back and it's fantastic. Um, yeah, I, I, I like both favorites, which scares the hell out of me because mm-hmm. last night both underdogs took the bit, uh, took care of business last night in Maction, uh, lean more Northern Illinois uh, in this spot uh, minus the six uh, than I do Bowling Green. Bowling Green, though, the number keeps moving up. So uh, some smart money coming in on uh, on Bowling Green. So look, the Falcons, uh, they've been an impressive team, brought back a lot of production from a year ago. And uh, I think I talked about them on your on your show over the summer in a win total that I liked. So um, I lean both favorites haven't gotten to the window yet on those two, but I will get to one here a little off the radar It does include a power five team, but uh, I'm rolling with the James Madison Dukes baby uh, down there in Harrisonburg. I'm sure a lot of folks listening. Have uh, friends, or maybe they even went to JMU. It's a big, uh, big school from the the Maryland, you know, Virginia area down there in Harrisonburg. This is a this is a huge spot for the Dukes uh, because this is their first year in the FBS, and there's this ridiculous rule that you can't play a bowl game in your first year transitioning from FCS <laughs> yeah, to the stupid. FBS. Makes no no sense at all. So I kind of think that this is their quasi bowl game. They're going on the road, night game, to an ACC foe in Louisville, and they're coming off a bye. They were banged up prior to the bye. Their quarterback, Todd Santeo, did not play against Marshall, which is huge. They looked inept offensively. I think they used that. Week off, they get a little healthier, they're a pretty darn good defensive team, and yeah. then I'm fading a Louisville team at its all-time high. <laughs> what did they do last week? They played Wake Forest and won 48 to 14, I believe the final score was. How did it get so lopsided? They forced eight eight turnovers, yeah. six in the third quarter. That's not going to happen again. I think this is a bit of a sleepy spot for Louisville. Uh, give me the Dukes plus the seven and a half. And uh, let's hope that uh, JMU could keep things close on Saturday night there in Louisville. Louisville also in the Midwest looking at some potential high wins, uh, which is always a benefit to uh, to keeping things closer.
4: Well, Tim, let's get back to the mainstream games. <laughs> <laughs>
1: he, got, he got
4: Alabama going to LSU. A big point spread, uh, the Crimson Tide are favored by thirteen and a half on the road. What's your lean there?
1: Um, I would probably lean towards the dog, Tim, in this spot uh, in LSU. Both these teams coming off a of bye, so there's no rest advantage one way or the other. Uh, obviously, Brian Kelly has not fared well in the victory department against Nick Saban. I believe he's 0-2, 0-3, and, and one of those two, uh, against Saban when he was at Notre Dame. LSU's been playing much better. Um, and a lot of that has to do with the play of their quarterback, Jaden Daniels. He's been fantastic, the Arizona State transfer. Um, you know, the, the the curiosity I have about Alabama here, guys, is I just I don't know what they are offensively outside of, you know, one of the most dynamic, if not the most dynamic player in college football, that is Bryce Young. If they don't have Bryce Young, do they beat Texas? If they don't have Bryce Young, do they win, you know, beat Texas? Texas well they didn't they didn't have him against Texas A&M and they almost lost that game mm-hmm. so there goes to show you the importance of him so you know this is a spot where you're looking at a really big spread in one of the most daunting environments in all of college football that is LSU at night so you're looking at a 13 point spread so yeah I look a little bit towards the dog here Tim uh in this spot uh, against uh, against Alabama just because Alabama hasn't looked all that buttoned up. Now you're coming off a bye maybe they're going to have a little more creativity I want to see them incorporate Jameer Gibbs there. they're running back a little bit more. Uh, their defense is really really good uh, and that's why I think the following week when Alabama plays Ole Miss I think that's a big advantage for Alabama there because Ole Miss just wants to run the ball and that's not going to work against a team, like, uh, a team like Alabama but we've seen in recent years you know dynamic running quarterback backs can give alabama some fits defensively so i don't think lsu wins this game but i do think a, a game that is a, a bit closer uh than than anticipated
2: tim quickly maryland wisconsin uh the maryland coming off the bye see they're a five-point dog at wisconsin
1: yeah, I mean, both of these teams uh, kind of going in different directions. Uh, Jimmy Leonard uh, debuting or, or trying to see if he's going to get that job full time there in Wisconsin. Uh, obviously, uh, Talia is back, which is big news. And you saw a little bit of movement uh, towards the terps in that, in that department. My worry about Maryland is, you know, this is, you know, Wisconsin's just going to want to run the ball down your throat. Uh, that's the kind of style that they play, but I, I do like you know this is that time of year as you hit on Ken when you've got these um, you know teams coming off buys. What are the rest advantages? So I I do like the fact that you know Maryland's got a, got a little bit of a rest advantage uh, coming into this game. Uh, against uh, uh, against you know this uh, Wisconsin team Wisconsin also coming off a bye uh, so I guess not a rest advantage but just having rest uh, for that so um, yeah curious to see uh, why why it is you know four and a half but um, you know we'll we'll see I mean this is the Terps are in a good spot already with their six wins so they will be heading to a bowl but uh, an opportunity to to improve that bowl game this weekend if they can uh, go on the road and take care of business
2: Tim Murray let the people know what's going on at VCU.
1: Yeah, each and every week myself – or each and every day, I should say. Myself, Sean King, former Tulane quarterback, is his green wave or ranked – for the first time since he was the quarterback in 1998. So he's all fired up about the uh, prospects there for his alma mater, 6 to 9 p.m. each and every weekday night, uh, breaking things down. And then if you uh, do want a little more college football in your life, check out the v College Football Betting Podcast. Uh, We'll break that whole card down for you uh, tomorrow. So you can get that wherever you get podcasts.
2: Tim, thanks as always, buddy. We'll talk next week. All right, guys, see you. Action. (laughs) Inside Access coming up next. Deadline winners and losers. And Matt LaFleur, as he upset the Packers didn't make a deal, we'll hear from him. It's League at Large next here on The Fan.
1: Inside Access. Inside access to the National Football League.
5: All the way to the
1: end zone for a NFL insider Jason Lacanfora. Ravens insider Ken
2: Wyman. Joining us now, the former Hall of Fame coach Bill Cowher. Boomer Esiason, the head coach of the Los Angeles Rams, Sean McVeigh. The League at Large. Brought to you by Valor Home. If you're in need of a new roof, siding, or windows, get 50%
0: off all roofing and siding materials. Buy two windows and get one free. Plus, make no payments until 2024. Call 833-83-VALOR or online at valorhome.com 1057 LaFan I'm just, I'll be honest with you when when I'm up there it's it's like, what are we doing to put our team in the best position possible to go game plan and put our guys in the spot to go execute and be a, a team that we know is going to give us everything they can, they can. and We've struggled um, at Ford Field
1: many times and this is a, a really good offense and they play extremely hard in, in all three phases and so I mean that's where my focus is
2: Matt LaFleur, the head coach of the Green Bay Packers when asked if he was disappointed that Packers didn't make a deal with the deadline so my focus is on those tough Detroit Lions I don't worry well, i tell you what' about trade deadlines. Hey,
0: it's be an interesting ball game I don't think this is a layup for the Packers. I don't think there's a layup for the Packers. Is there uh, any game a layup for them right now? No, it's not. Um, now, look, five losses in a row would be extreme for any even mediocre team in this league because there's so much bad football. But they did nothing at the deadline. That's not going to sit well with the quarterback. Oh, you know that. Um, they're out there against Buffalo down 17 points running the football. I think the quarterback's kind of over it. Um, He's not really going to fight to make plays. Now, that's a terrible Lions defense against the run and against the pass. There's no two ways about that. But they're really most vulnerable to the deep ball. And he's not – it's not him. It's not them. I mean, maybe they go for it. But I think both teams run the heck out of the football. And I think it's a low-scoring game. And I think it's going to be a struggle for the Packers. Uh, They probably win. I'm not sure they cover. Um And I don't think that team is going anywhere. And I don't think that team thinks it's going anywhere. You tweeted out on Sunday
4: night that Aaron Rodgers, he's kind of like a game manager at this point in his career. And anyone who watched that game, I don't know you could say otherwise. The Packers were this close, though, to getting Chase Claypool, where Josie Anderson, they
0: said that they offered a second. They weren't close. I
4: know.
0: But there really is no close. When Pittsburgh got that offer from Chicago... It's done. They jumped on it. Yeah.
2: Top of the first round. Uh, top of the second round, excuse me. Mm-hmm. That's a much better pick. Hey, uh, trade deadline has come and passed. You've had a little time to digest it. Any winners or losers in your mind?
0: Well, I mean, I, I talked to three GMs and a couple personnel executives, and uh, the my, my latest column is up at the WashingtonPost.com right now if you want to check it out in full. Always. Uh, and yeah, there was a consensus among these people that the Packers missed the mark. And some people, at least two of the GMs I talked to, were of the mindset that this was a little bit maybe of an FU back to Aaron Rodgers. Like you wanted to help, you wanted to hold us hostage, right? You wanted to wait to make your decisions. Then we can't keep you and Devonte. You wanted all the money. This wasn't a Drew Brees or a Tom Brady, right? Given some back. To spend. You wanted you wanted your fifty plus million fully guaranteed a year. Well guess what? When we pay you that much money, go make somebody else better. Isn't that Go f- figure it out with Romeo Dobbs. Like go do whatever like make it happen, bro. Don't be so content to just run it through our running backs. Like come on.
4: Isn't that self sabotaging though? I, I don't I get they're
0: it. they're also a very old school organization. Yeah. So they're not, you know they're 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 not, they're, they're really not buying into this new trade deadline. I mean, they value they still kind of overvalue their picks. So um, Kadarius Tony, one GM was like, "That's the guy they should have got." I'm like, you know what? If all he wants to do is throw underneath, that actually kind of makes some sense. You know, another a better yak guy than what they than than Randall Cobb at this mm. stage of his career. Yeah. Um So yeah, people were down on them. People are really down on the Bears. Like the Claypool thing doesn't make sense to anybody, it, it, you know. And they're trying to leak to the media like the the people out there carrying their water. Well, 2023 doesn't look like a a good wide receiver class. Every year's a good wide receiver class. They th- All they do in college, watch a college football game. Everybody's yeah. in spread, they throw the football. That's why there's no offensive linemen and that's why a lot of these running backs can't pass protect. Because they're out there, as a, they're not even, they're, they're, they're flexed out in the slot all the time. They're in empty sets throwing the ball all over the place. So no, there's receivers out there and The Steelers will probably find a better player than Chase Claypool with a higher pick than they used on Chase Claypool. That's probably the ultimate reality there. Um, So the Steelers jumped all over that. Um, You know, and Miami. I've had GMs argue whether they paid too much of a price for Burns. And ultimately, them For um, for Chubb. And them getting, they tried to get Burns. Them getting Chubb without a contract will probably cost them in the end. But Stephen Ross has shown in the past he's willing to spend way over cash over cap. Um, why Denver did it that's a that's a different story. Um, they're really caught in between, and I'm not sure that that GM is going to be able to survive this. Where you go from trading everything for Russell Wilson to trying to recoup from your for your best remaining players because that doesn't look like it worked. Let's ride. But you're stuck with him.
2: Broncos country. Hey, coming up next, the man who invented the trade deadline, power rankings, mock drafts, Pete Prisco. We'll get his winners GPS. I think he invented GPS. He, he may have. He, uh, he's Garmin. He's next here on The Fan. Inside. 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 Access. With Jason Lockenfora and, and Ken Wyman.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.